Welcome to Eat, Capture, Share, the podcast for food bloggers and food photographers who want to earn an income doing what they love. My name is Kimberly. I'm your host. Episode 126. Welcome back, everybody, to the Eat, Capture, Share podcast. My name is Kimberly Espinel. I'm a food photographer, food photography teacher. I'm the author of the Amazon bestselling book, Creative Food Photography, and a creative business mentor for food photographers, food bloggers, and food content creators like you. And today I'm bringing you a solo episode. It is the very last episode of 2023. My aim with this episode really is to give you almost a a little bit of a behind the scenes kind of experience, a look into the behind the scenes of my business. And my hope really is that there's bits and pieces here that you can take away and apply to your creative business, to your food photography business, and help it thrive and grow during the year ahead. And I really wanted to share with you both what's worked this year, what hasn't worked so well, as well as some plans and visions and goals that we've got lined up and ready for 2024. Right. So one of the things that has worked really, really well this year is growing our mailing list. There's two things that we did that really helped the growth of our mailing list. And the first thing is every year we come up with one, sometimes two new opt-ins that we test, we experiment with, we explore to see, you know, if it resonates. And really the aim of course is with the opt-ins that we offer is to grow our mailing list. And this year we introduced an opt-in, which was all about how to set up your own studio. And that opt-in has performed really, really well for us. So that's definitely one that we're keeping for a while. In fact, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. If you haven't downloaded it yet, then be sure to. Every year, growing our mailing list is one of the things that we focus on, we experiment with, we see what works, and that worked really, really well for us. The second thing in terms of growing our mailing list that worked really well is that I really made the process of signing up to my mailing list from Instagram, which is where I have probably my biggest audience. I really made that process much, much easier than I did before. So for anybody on the grid, if you wanted to sign up to my newsletter, you'd have to come out of your feed, go to the link in my bio, click on the link in bio, then click on, you know, so there were a lot of steps involved. And so I really wanted to decrease the barrier to entry. And so what I did is have the invitation for people to drop a keyword. So for the studio setup guide, for example, the keyword is studio. So if you drop that in posts where that is offered as a call to action, you get sent straight into your DM a link to that PDF. And in order to get it, of course, you have to submit your email address. So those two things worked really, really well for us this year. And we, you know, the growth was noticeable. The second thing that worked really well was my Instagram strategy. So I really set out at the start of the year with the aim of growing my audience again. And the reason I wanted to do that, and we'll come back to that a little later, was because I really wanted to start doing more 
what I would call influencer work. So working with brands and then promoting their products on my Instagram. And for that, I really wanted to grow my audience so I could command a higher fee. And I really wanted to feel more like a a thriving hub, so to say. Um, Whereas the year before, I'd not focused on that so much. My focus was elsewhere. And so I really set out with that goal of I want to grow my Instagram. And I knew going into 2023 that focusing on reels and really delving into that with much more seriousness, I guess is the word, was going to be key to that process. And I really used the entire year to experiment loads. And I would I would dare say even before then, so the year before and, and also the year before that, I did a lot of experimenting. But this year, I pulled all that experimentation into something a little bit more concrete and more specific and also really, really focused on just improving my videography skills. So I definitely saw the benefits of being razor focused on that goal and really putting all my energy into that goal. Not only did I have now four reels go viral, I grew my audience by roughly about 20,000 followers, which is a lot, you know, considering that last year maybe grew 4,000 or something. So, you know, I've really focused on that. And yeah, I'm really happy with how that went. And I feel it was a success. And also, I think from that, there's a couple of things that I pulled from that that I hadn't anticipated that I would. So one is a re-understanding, a re-familiarizing myself with what does my audience actually want. Being really, really super clear on that and just looking at the numbers. And that's what I love about Reels actually and Instagram, especially the way I have it set up as a business account, is that I get so much data from each and every piece of content that I create. So I can see how many people have followed me from that specific Reel, how many people have saved it, etc, etc, etc. So just getting a really razor focused sense, vision on what what is resonating and what people specifically want from me. And I can tell you one of the things people want from me is tips around Instagram and tips around how to be better at reels and how to essentially succeed on Instagram. I think that's really at the core of what people want me to teach them on. Whereas before I... You know, I went through a phase, especially when when reels were introduced, like around 2020, where I'd just fallen out of love with Instagram. And even though I could sense that that's what people wanted, I didn't want to provide that type of content. I went a different direction. I think that was really important and nourishing for my soul, so to say. But I understand that for my specific business to have the level of success and influence and impact that I wanted to have, I need to listen more carefully and more closely to what people are responding to on my Instagram. And so really doubling down on that kind of content was really important for me this year. And I'm going to triple down on that type of content for 2024. The other thing that I've really come to understand about myself, and it's always been there, but you know, it was reaffirmed this year, is that there are also pieces of content that don't resonate as much, but they are there for me. They're there to nourish me. They're really, really important for my yeah, like the creative 
desires that I have, you know? So I will never stop doing that. And even if it doesn't resonate, I can live with that as long as I create still content that does resonate. And then there's a balance between creating for me and also creating specifically for what my audience wants. And, and the important thing is that creating the bits and pieces that my audience wants brings me joy, full stop. But it also brings me joy because I still have my personal creative outlet with the other bits and pieces and then finally what's been also interesting to see is when I do recipe reels as a rough general rule they're the pieces of content that perform least well because it's the type of content that my audience specifically doesn't want from me necessarily nonetheless I've persisted (laughs) and I've grown so much creatively in doing that and it also has given me so much insight that I can then pass on to anybody who does want to make recipe reels so I now have the confidence in that to teach that that's been really important but also and this is what I find interesting is As the months have gone by, I've gotten better at it. And also people are responding more positively to my recipe content. Could that be because it's simply better than it was at the start of the year? Maybe. Or could it be that I've now started to also regrow an audience that is interested in my recipe content? I don't know. But either way, I just know, yeah, I'm not going to give up on that because I enjoy it and it gives me so much information that I can then pass on to you. So in terms of takeaways from this for you is, you know, really, what are you doing on your Instagram? What is working? What is not working? What are your stats telling you? I know I've said this so many times, but it's really like so important that if Instagram growth is important to you, are you really listening to what people want, what they need? Are you checking the stats? And also, are you honing your craft? Are you getting better at you know, whatever it is that you want to share and how you want to share it. And more importantly, is real content videography, is that forming part of your strategy? Because if not, it's going to be so much harder to grow. Well, certainly not impossible, but that a little bit more complicated. The third thing that has been really good this year has just been how the team has come together and we had a change in team so Jennifer very very sadly left and you know we had so many new Suzanne step in and what was important to me as I was interviewing for the role that now is Suzanne's was you know how can I hire somebody who really understands the brand can represent me and their communication with students and really still carry the ethos, the essence of what is TLP, which is all about warmth and, you know, inspiration and encouragement, you know, and education. Those are kind of the core values of of what TLP stands for. And also, how do I ensure that now that a key member of the team has left, that we're still united, that we're still together, that this new new team member can feel comfortable in their role, so to say. And I am a very hands-off CEO, (laughs) as it were, like I'm not very, I don't micromanage. So everybody's very much left to their own, own devices, yet I still need to and want to create a really strong TLP culture. You know, and I feel that somehow because I trusted my gut in the hiring process 
that happened naturally and automatically. And also, I trusted my gut in the hiring process with everybody else I have in the team. So where I'm, you know, very busy and very hands off, they stepped in and they fully embraced this new team member. And, you know, it all came to head when we had our team away day slash our team Christmas lunch, just to see all these women connect, really gel, was just really amazing. I'm really proud that that's what I've created here. And and also, I think that then translates into students getting a better experience, me being able to be better at what I do, because I have such a strong support network in my team. And it was just wonderful. It was I feel I did that right. And so definitely want to do an episode about how I grew my team to, you know, what it is today. And um, we'll do that. That's on the agenda for next year's a podcast episode. But I think, you know, in short, I cannot achieve what I want to achieve. I cannot do what I want to do. I cannot grow TLP on my own. That's just not possible. And I hired the right people. I have the support from the right people. I'm growing the team in the right kind of way. So yeah, so that's worked really, really well this year is the transition from Jennifer, you know, leaving and Suzanne joining and kind of building our team and really thriving there. The two other things that have worked really well, and these are the last two that I want to raise. And the first one is we had a really wonderful launch of the Fearless Focus Mastermind this year. And this launch, I felt just so energized and so positive and so excited for this program and, you know, had a wonderful uh, launch. And around that same time, I think one or two of my reels went viral too, which, you know, helped so much in just getting the right eyeballs on my content and then enticing the right people to apply for my program and so on. And it's just carried all the way through. We're now a couple of months into the program and it's just been just an amazing, amazing group of creatives and the successes that they're experiencing. I just always, yeah, like I feel so proud, if that makes sense. Like I feel so happy to see them stepping into their own and knowing that somehow myself and the rest of the creatives in the group have been part of that journey and part of that process. It's felt so wonderful. So in terms of how this could apply for you and what the takeaway of that perhaps is for you is to really think about when you launch something, it could be an ebook, it could be a digital product, it could be your service, simply your food photography service is where are you at in terms of your mindset? Where are you at in terms of your energy? I always think that if you feel really positive, confident, energetic, if you can really stand behind the offer that you're putting out into the world, people will sense that and you're much more likely to find success. Whereas if you're apologetic about your offer or you're just not in a good place emotionally that may be nothing to do with the offer you're putting on the table, but it does seep through. And so to really, you know, ensure that you're in the right frame of mind, emotionally in the right place, and then really put all your energy into that offer. The final thing is what I've come to realize is that I have certain strengths and I have certain weaknesses And I'll I'll talk about that in a second, what I feel they are. But what for me has really come to the fore this year more than any other year is how self-aware I am about what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And 
to really build up everything, all the structures, all the systems, all the things to bolster my strengths and allow them to shine and then to ensure that I have things that mitigate my weaknesses and now how can we set everything up so that I succeed as as me right so I think one of the strengths that I have is I'm very organized and yeah that's one of my major strengths and I'm very goal oriented and I take out so much of my time to lay that out plan it out and and this is the another important part tie that into specific actions that I will take and I just do things with so much clarity I know why I'm doing them and even if there are setbacks or things that are difficult or things that aren't going the way that I want them to go I don't let that stop me from continuing to pursue the thing I set out to pursue and the other thing I alluded to it, I don't overthink things. I don't need anything to be perfect. I just need it to be the best that I can do at that point in time. That's all I need. And that just means that I'm not so, I'm not in my head. I'm really very much action focused, you know, because I know for a fact that the only way I'm going to get to where I want to go is if I do something. And I really, I'm not afraid to do and to do things imperfectly. And I don't wait for the perfect moment, the perfect time, like because the perfect time will be created through lots of mistakes. So I know those are the planning, the taking action. Those are two huge strengths of mine. We have set everything up to really play to the things that I'm good at and the things that, you know, maybe give me a, an edge, an advantage that just worked. And so what can you take away from that is to really see how can you become more self-aware? How can you get a better understanding of exactly how you take, exactly what holds you back, exactly what gives you strength? And if you don't feel that you have that insight or it's difficult maybe asking people around you like what are my strengths why 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 do you enjoy spending time with me or what what do you notice or to really get a good understanding there's also certain things that i'm not good at for example i love so many things i love writing the newsletter i love doing this podcast i enjoy writing stuff on the blog i love being on instagram i love shooting cookbooks and all the things for clients I love so many things and because I love so many things and I do so many things, I haven't been able to grow to mastery level in any of the things. Does that make sense? Like I'm not the best food photographer ever. I don't have the biggest mailing list. I don't have the biggest audience here on the podcast. I don't have the biggest readership on my blog because I do all the things to the best of my capacity for sure. But in limited numbers. That is a weakness because this podcast could be so much more impactful if I did it religiously every week, ideally twice a week. And if I put all my energy into it and we ran ads to it and we did this and, but that's not how I operate. And I'm fully self-aware. I know that if I just did this, I wouldn't feel fulfilled. And if I just did food photography, I wouldn't feel fulfilled. And if I just taught, I wouldn't feel fulfilled. I feel fulfilled doing all the things and I'm accepting of the fact that that means that 
I won't be the biggest and the baddest and the bestest in any one thing. But the way that we have set everything up, it means that I can be pretty freaking successful being exactly who I am with that major weakness of just not being focused on one thing. And it is a major weakness. And you know, to bring it back to what I was saying to you before is where are your weaknesses? What are the things you're not good at? What can you do to support yourself in those areas? Maybe you can hire somebody in those areas and so on. So that leads very nicely into the things that didn't work so well this year. And what can I learn from that? So one of the things I really wanted this year was to do more work as a quote unquote influencer. So working with brands and leveraging the audience that I have on Instagram to promote certain products. And that was really a key goal for me in this year. And it's been really interesting to step back into that after, you know, stepping away from it for a few years and also seeing like, why is it not working in the way that I wanted to? So I think we did like one paid brand deal. There was like one or, you know, there's quite a few products that were sent to me, which were great. Like the Our Place Always Pan. I love it obsessed with it but you know it wasn't the way that I had hoped I definitely had expected I'd do at least like 10 influencer campaigns and that just didn't happen and what's been interesting is to understand what I need to do to make that happen and then also always asking myself is that in fact what I want to do so I know one of the reasons that it didn't happen in the way that I wanted to was because most of the brands I was initially thinking about collaborating with were cooking based brands. When in effect, as I mentioned earlier, I don't really create a lot of cooking slash recipe content. So then to focus on that for brand collaborations wasn't actually maybe the best and smartest idea. What I kind of realized even after Q1, the first quarter of the year, I was like, if I really want that, I need to create more recipe content. And do I want to do that? And I said, you know, I thought, no, I don't want to turn this into a recipe Instagram or recipe based Instagram. I don't want to do that. So how can I make it so that I'm still appealing to those brands while still honoring all the different facets of me and my business? And so found a nice rhythm. And I have to say there have been more inquiries now as we've moved into Q4. Some of them are still kind of out on the table and negotiating and what have you. But then also asking myself, if I'm not attracting food-based brands in the ways that I need to, what other brands can I try to attract approach pitch to that could better sit with where I am as a creative now and really leverage all the different facets rather than again you know just sit there with my weaknesses you know in full view like how can I look at this and think about this differently and and that's been really the task for me as we've moved into Q3 and Q4 but I needed that quote-unquote failure from Q1 and 2 to gain that clarity and to now see come through the other end so to say so yeah, there's some interesting things I'm working on behind the scenes. So watch this space. But one of those things, as a matter of fact, and this is a hint into what's coming up next year, is that I will f- 
as of next year, be taking on external sponsors for the podcast. So over the years, I've had one or two brands contact me and ask to be, you know, sponsors and, and for me to read out an ad. And I've always said no, because I didn't want to. <laughs> I really wanted this to be my podcast and for me to use any space to promote my programs. And I definitely still will do that, but we will be introducing sponsors too. So it means that idea and the desire to work with brands this year has just been pushed into next year and it's taken the whole of 12 months to get there. But as I said, I'm persistent. I know what I want. I know my goals. I know my dreams and I'll continue to take the right action steps that I have now in this process recognized as essential important so my invitation to you is if there are certain things that you want to see happen in your creative business and they are not happening of course we can spend some time feeling sorry for ourselves i always think that's really important emotional processing process that we have to go through but then we have to also look and see are we actually doing all the things required that to make x happen and if not, are we prepared to do those things? If we're not prepared to do those things, can we do something differently and adjust our goal? But the thing we can't do is to stay stuck and to continue doing the same thing and then expect a different outcome, right? The second thing that I feel, not that I didn't work so well, but I feel something in the air. Okay, what am I talking about? So I have kind of our flagship offer, so to say, our core offer is my foundation online course. And that's really the most comprehensive food photography and food styling course that I have. And I love the course. I believe in it. We are going to launch it again in June next year. And, you know, the launches this year went well, but my gut tells me and has been telling me for a while, actually, that for us to continue to grow in terms of revenue and impact, it cannot be the only thing, the only course that we have in our course repertoire. It's not enough because the landscape is changing and demanding more of content creators. And what do I mean by that? Do I mean that food photography is going to go away? Absolutely, completely, totally not. And if anything, I cannot share too much about that now. But there are certain things that have happened this year that has really brought home to me how incredibly important good food photography and food styling skills are. My step into reels and really actually being serious about it, so to say, I have to say in lots of ways, the learning curve was wasn't that steep because I really was able to take everything that I knew about composition, mood boarding, planning, you know, food styling, like, you know, I could take all of that and very quickly and easy transfer that into reels. And I'm not sitting here saying that my reels are, you know, Shermay's balls or anything like that. But what I will say is that that transition from photography to reels, um, you know, recipe reels was actually really straightforward. And that comes down to the fact that I have that really, really strong creative foundation, you know, that food photography, that food styling, creativity foundation that made that transition super easy. 
And therefore, I also know that if you are a food photographer, the transition to recipe reels should be super easy. And not just that, I think if you know great food photography, great food styling and great video, you're set. You're set. You've got a creative edge over and above people who only know how to create recipe reels or only know how to do, you know, food photography. But I do think, and and this ties in with what I was saying in the beginning, like with my Instagram growth and understanding what people want and understanding where the pulse is. I do think that as we move into 2024 and beyond, that videography is going to become more and more important. And I think the fact that we did not have a reels or short form video course in our course, you know, repertoire was in many ways a mistake. It was missing. And, you know, we missed a trick there. And, you know, obviously for next year, we're rectifying that we're going to launch our reels course. But I feel that should have been prioritized. And I think that would have made a huge difference to our revenue, to our profit, if that had been on the table. And I'd taken that more seriously much earlier on. And yeah, that was a mistake. I think just relying on our foundation course and relying on all our photography courses was in this climate as we are now wasn't good enough. I guess the takeaway for you from that is are there products that you're selling, services that you're offering that maybe are not relevant, necessary, popular anymore? Or is it just not enough? So really assessing what is actually bringing my revenue, my profits. How does that compare this year to last year to the year before? Is there a decline? Is there an increase? Is that to do with a product itself or the service itself or with how I marketed it, where I marketed it? So all those things understand that if there's, if there isn't growth, why is there no growth? Why is there stagnation? What can we learn from that? How can we adjust and adapt to that? For next year, we I have just this gut instinct that next year is going to be a really big year. Super excited for it. So we have our short form video course launching in Q1, so at the very start of the year. And we're going to launch that as always with a challenge. So I will pop the link to the challenge sign up in the show notes and you can pre-register now. If you're listening to this after the fact, you can still head to the show notes and pre-register for whenever the next challenge is. And then we launch with um, our Reels course. We're going to bring that out into the world. So I will also put a link to the waiting list for the Reels course. And if you're listening to this after the fact, after it's already launched, I will link to the actual Reels course page. So we'll change the link so you can be redirected, so to say. And then finally, my new book is going to be coming out next year. And once I can reveal what it is about, about and what it is and what it's called so many other things that I can tell you like right now I cannot I'm not allowed to but I cannot wait to share that that's like a little piece of the puzzle that's missing so if you want to hear about the book first and see the cover before anybody else be sure to head to the show notes and join the mailing list We'd love to have you. And again, if you're listening to this after the fact, the book's coming out in August 2024. The book is already out. You can still join the mailing list. We'd still love to have you. Right. 
before I go, I wanted to say one more thing. And that is really a huge, a massive thank you for tuning in this year. Just so happy that the podcast is still resonating. Thank you, everybody who's been sharing the podcast, who's sent me an email just to let me know that you've enjoyed the podcast. We put a lot of work, time and energy into it so that it's resonating. It's just amazing. We're really, really grateful. And I'd also have a huge request. If you have never shared the podcast with anybody or you've never shared it on your Instagram stories, please do you know each and every person who tunes in shares it with one dare I say two people we could grow exponentially and reach more people who hopefully would benefit from this content I'd be so grateful wonderful like thank you so much for tuning in I hope you have a amazing and peaceful December stay well until then and uh, thank you again from all of us here at TLP before I leave you, I wanted to say thank you so, so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I also wanted to let you know that this podcast was brought to you by my Eat, Capture, Share newsletter community, and I'd love for you to join. I will pop the details on how you can join my creative community in the show notes, so do go and check it out. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, it means so much if you can rate, review, and subscribe. All those things will help the podcast to grow and to reach the right audience. And yeah, you'd kind of make my day. All right. See you soon. Take care.